before we get started, I just want to talk about love. You know, I think it's important to cover the love topic every Sunday, even if we take just a couple minutes, talk about a, a segment. We don't have to go into it to, to the whole thing every Sunday, but maybe just cover a different thing every Sunday that I'm up here at least on, on love. So uh, if you would go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, ooh, my Bible's kind of falling apart here, and uh, this Bible that I have here, the Dakes Bible, has, has really good reference notes, um, he, I'm going to read chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 4, love suffers long and is kind, love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, verse 5, does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. It's not provoked and it thinks no evil. Verse 6, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Verse 8, love never fails. Say that, love never never fails. Love never fails. If you want to know how to never fail, walk in love. If you want to know how to succeed every time, walk in love. Because love never fails. You will never fail taking the high road. You know what I mean by that? When, when, when let's say you're in a, in a dispute with somebody or a disagreement, you, you, it will never fail you to take the love road. Yep. It will never fail you. You always come out on top. You always come out on top. It's not about coming out on top. It's about walking the way God wants you to walk and in God's way or keep you above and not beneath. So walking in love is the, is the number one way to never fail in life. Walking in love. Now, like I mentioned, Dake has some really good notes here. Finish Dake. Uh, nine ingredients of divine love. There's a bunch of them. I'm going to just talk about, let's see, which one do we want to uh, do? Number seven, good temper. He says, love and disposition, never irritated and never resentful. Ne- love and disposition, never irritated, never resentful. Never irritated, never resentful. Now, there's a godly irritation. You know, you know what I mean by that? They, they, you know, man, I'm irritated that people aren't getting saved. And I, man, I, I want to see more people healed and I want to see people prosper. But I'm talking about getting irritated over little stupid things. You, you, you can overcome that by deciding to walk in love. Man, am I preaching to myself here this morning? Sarah, you're probably like, yeah, I hope he's talking. <laughs> no, no. Ir, ne, never irritated, never resentful. You're never resentful for what someone did to you. You're never resentful for what someone said to you. You decide to take the high road and walk in love. And you'll come out on top every time. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Walk in love. Make a decision to walk in love whether anyone else walks in love. Doesn't matter what anybody, well, they're not walking in love. That's not my problem. I'm responsible for Joe. I'm not responsible for anybody else in that sense. I'm not responsible whether my neighbor's walking in love. I need to make sure that I'm walking in love and I need to take care of my attitude and my actions. I can't, I, I, I have no way of, 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 of affecting the way they act, per se. I have, uh, the only thing that I can do is, is, is control my temper, is control my, my, my attitude, right? I can control my response to someone else's uh, whatever, criticism. I, I like what Jonathan says, and Brother um, Rodney says the same thing. God can only use you to the level of which you can handle criticism. God will never take you higher than the level that you can withstand criticism. You know what I mean by that? If, if you plan to go anywhere in God, you can expect someone to criticize you. Well, he talks about money too much. He talks about this too much. Well, who does he think he is? People are always going to criticize you when you go somewhere with God. Think about it, man. Brother Hager, man, people think he's the devil. You, you look at uh, uh, Oral Roberts, people criticize him. So God will never use you past what you can handle. 
as it pertains to criticism. So if you get offended easy, if you got thin skin, if everything bothers you, if, oh, they didn't shake my hand, oh, they didn't do it, you're going to be at a low level your whole life. Come on. Come on. If you get offended very easily, you're not going to go very far. And John, uh, John Bevere, uh, awesome man of God, he, he has a book. I got to meet him and talk to him about this. When we were at the Dream Center, he talked about the beta Satan. It was a class that they, that, they, uh, that they provided for us when I was in the men's home that was crucial. Offense is the bait of Satan. Offense. God will put, the devil will put offense out there. Hopefully you eat it up and snatch it and he's got you, man. That's the bait. You know, a fisherman uses bait. Come on. The devil uses offense. He uses, he throws out offense. Huh? Come on. Hope you get, oh, got him, got him. Man, he's, he reel you right in, boy, on offense. So we got to be alert. We got to be alert. Oh, no. Anytime you feel mistreated, you can, you can, you can believe the devil's working on you. Anytime you feel mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. Well, I, man, they're not listening to me. Uh, how come they always get to in the limelight? Well, nobody acts like that when, when, when I have an idea and, and blah, blah, blah. So if, if the devil's work, if you feel like you're being mistreated, you know the devil. That's a good, man, I, I, I started using that. Kind of, I'm starting to feel a little bit, well, devil, you're working on me. No, 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 no. It stops right here. I'm able to recognize it, right? Recognize it and then use my words, use the word to combat it. And then, my goodness, I get the victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. So I just want to talk just a couple minutes. I hope you got something out of that. I tend to do that every so often while I'm up here because it's important to get a dose of love. You, know, get, you, gotta, you have to. We have to. We have to. Uh, you know, it's not enough to just do it here, but this is just going to be a reinforcement to hopefully what you're doing at home. Read the love chapter um, every day. It's not enough just to do it on Sundays. not enough just to get it here or when the, when the pastor decides to preach on it. Uh, you know, you can't live like that. You have, to, you have to get in the Bible every day and read about love. Amen? So, yeah, congratulations, like Sarah said. 21 days of prayer and fasting are over today, meaning at 6 o'clock we break fast today and you're able to eat again. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you what, this has been a fantastic time of, of, of prayer and fasting for me and my family. I know a lot of you as well have heard some stuff. And in a couple minutes, I'd like to have anybody who'd like to share a testimony, a brief testimony of what God has done in your life during this time of prayer and fasting. It's just been amazing. And, I, and, and you know, fasting doesn't change God. God will be the same while you're fasting, after you're fasting, and before you're fasting. Uh, the, the fasting changes you. It crucifies your flesh. It allows you to receive from, from, from the Spirit uh, easier than, than, than it would uh, when you're thinking about food and when, you're, when you're, your flesh is, is, is getting... Uh, uh, you know, when your flesh, flesh is strong, it's hard to receive from the Spirit. Uh, just look at Galatians 5.17. says, the flesh, the sinful nature, wants to do evil. The, the, the flesh wants to do what? It wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are consistently fighting each other. Your flesh and your spirit are consistently fighting each other. So if you're not feeding your spirit, automatically your flesh is winning. This isn't like, all right, if I just do nothing, then I'll be okay and be in this middle ground. Anytime you do nothing, you go towards the flesh. Anytime you do nothing, you go towards the flesh. Now, it multiplies when you're doing fleshly things and you start watching what you shouldn't be watching, listening to what you shouldn't be listening to, not getting your word, not, you, you'll, you'll start floating this way real quick, real quick. I mean, you know, that's true, real quick. Now, flesh, we've talked about this, I mean, a fast, uh, what it allows you to do is take the power from your flesh and hand it over to your spirit, man. 
And how many know when your spirit man is strong? Man, you, you have this desire to read the word. You have this desire to feed it because whatever grows, right, gets more hungry. Like a, a growing boy, as you're growing, you're hungry. I know when I had Milo, he was, a, he was growing, and he was, he was eating a lot. And once he got to a certain level, he kind of tanked off. It's not like that in the spirit. We're always growing. Our, our spirit man is always hungry. We just have to be diligent to feed it. And as we feed it, we get more hungry. I don't know about you, but as, the further I go into God, the more hungry I am for him. The more I want him. The more I want the things of God. The more I read my word, the more I want to read my word. Oh, my I start seeing things. Oh, man, this is good. Oh, man, it's like a, it's a really powerful word. It's not just a book. It's the word of God. And, man, you start to see things in the, in the Bible, and you're just going to go to town. And then you want to go to a conference, and then you want to get around people. I mean, you know, when you first got born again, the grass was greener. Everything smelled better. And, man, you were excited, and, and you wanted to just tell everybody about Jesus. And then you kind of just went to a little law. You know what I mean by a law, just kind of just coasting? You don't have to coast. You could be that way all the time. And I know people like that. I know people, and I'm endeavoring to be one where I'm constant. I'm constant. I'm constant. I'm constant. A good friend of ours, Pastor Rick, man, just, he'll, he'll, he will never speak no one, but he'll speak the word. I'm sure he gets challenges. I'm sure he, things come against him, but he's constant. He, he has a disciplined life. There's two ways to look at life, right? Two ways to look at life. One, oh, that, he's just lucky. He got a lucky break. Uh, he, he just met the right person. He just happened to be there. And he got lucky. You ever notice the lucky people keep getting luckier? Because they're intentionally doing something. They're intentionally growing. The other way to look at life is I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be intentional to read my word. I'm going to be intentional to pray. I'm going to be intentional to get around fellow believers and people of like precious faith. I'm going to get around pe- If you're the smartest person in the room, man, you're in trouble. You need to get around people that are smarter, that are further ahead of you, that are doing things that you, where you want to be. If, 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 if I'm just starting out in roofing, I'm going to go hang around with Henry because he's been a roofer. And Hoover, they know what the heck's going on with roofing. They can show me the way. They can help me. Joe, I've already tried that way. This is the way to do it. This is the best way. You, you get around people that are doing things, man, you start to enlarge your capacity. You start to get inspired. You start to feel, man, if they're doing it, my goodness, I'm going to help them get ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow them to show me how to get ahead. I'm not trying to get ahead because someone else is getting ahead. I want to attach myself to people that are getting ahead and learn from them and grow with them. This isn't a competition. But our job as we get ahead is to help people come with us and the next generation stand on our shoulders. So that my mother always told me, I want you to go further than I ever went. That's what my mom always told me. She goes, what I'm doing right now is for you. What I'm doing right now is for my children. What I'm doing right now is for my generation, for the next generation. They can go further than I went. We need to go further than Oral Roberts. We need to go further than Brother Hagen. They, they paved the way. You know that? They paved the way. We need to go further than the, than the generals that God used in the past because they, 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 they've paved the way for us. We have no reason to, 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 to digress, to go backwards. We should be standing on their shoulders, uh, applying what they learn, growing. God will show us some things for the next generation. God will reveal things to us in a new way. God will show things to us that he hasn't shown them, but it'll, it'll be for the next generation. But it's important to surround yourself with people that are going places. Come on. And that's why this church exists. So you can come in here and get around people that are going places, because we're going places. Hallelujah. We're going places. I declare this is the this is this is this will be the 
the, the, the smallest this church will ever be in Jesus' name. I believe this will, place will be a place of refuge where people will come and feel the presence of God, where people come and, and, and be fed, where people will come and be delivered, where people will come and their lives will change and then their families will change, their marriages will change, their, their relationship with their children will change. Hallelujah. What else are we here for? I'm not trying to do a club. You know, I don't know. You're trying to know. We want to see the glory. We want to see the hand of God. We want to see things happen. We want to see this place shaken. Otherwise, what are, what are we doing, right? What are we doing? There are plenty of dead churches you can go to. I'll be happy to, to, to point you in the right direction if that's what you're interested in. But not here. Not here. We're going places. All of us. All of us. Come on. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to hitch my cart to somewhere that ain't going nowhere. I want to hitch my cart to someone who's going somewhere. That's why the Lord put us around people. Put us around people that are doing things in the kingdom, that are way ahead of us in the kingdom, that have been around, that have done some things that, that can help us. Amen? Amen. So as you can see, the, we've talked, I just want to do a little review about, the, you know, the fast we just did. You need to understand your flesh worth with the spirit. Your spirit wants to do contrary things to the flesh. You need to be aware of that consistently, and you need to feed your spirit man. The Bible talks about a strong spirit will sustain you in Proverbs. A strong spirit will sustain a man. You know what I mean by that? When your spirit is full of the word and you get, a, you get something that uh, you're getting an attack, you're well able to defend and to resist and to, and, 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 to, and to see the victory manifested. You've already been given the victory, but you have to see it manifest. And in order for you to see it manifest, you have to get it in the spirit. So your strong spirit will allow that to happen. Amen? A strong spirit will sustain you. When sickness try to come on you, when, when, when doubt tries to, to bombard your mind, when you believe in God for breakthrough financially, breakthrough in your marriage, breakthrough to, for a husband, whatever you may be looking for, uh, to God for, a strong spirit will allow that to come to pass. A weak spirit sure won't. When you have a weak spirit, it means your word level is low, meaning your prayer time is low. A strong spirit will sustain you. Let that resonate on the inside of you. A strong spirit will sustain you. That's a powerful verse. Yeah. Will sustain you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because I don't know about you, but my flesh is not qualified to run my life. I've already let my flesh run my life, and it, it got me nowhere. But misery, depression, anxiety, uh, hurt. You know, my, when I let my flesh run my life, I, oh, man, it's destruction and disaster. Because what? The, the wages of sin is death. Your sinful nature, which is your flesh, leads only to death. may not be physical death, but, man, part of you will start to, start to die on the inside. You know what I mean? Start to die. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Start to die. Depression, man. I, man, people deal with depression. I've been there. Well, I don't even want to get up. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. Nothing. Nothing. I just want to watch TV, eat, and back then smoke weed. You know what I mean? Do nothing. Medicate myself. Just, just stay at a numb, numb state. That's what depression will bring. A sinful nature will only lead to death. Because the Bible says it. The wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is what? We need to know that. We need to know that. And a lot of us think, well, uh, we think we're the exception. That's not going to happen to me. I'm going to do this. but It happened to them, but it ain't going to happen to me. I'm smoking a little of this, but I'll never be a full-blown. You think I thought I was going to be a full-blown drug addict? You think I was going to be, uh, you know, I think I thought in the back of my head this is going to lead to me shooting up heroin, me smoking a little weed? I said, Ma, stop acting crazy. Everybody smokes weed. What's the problem? I just smoke, I'm just drinking a little bit. What's the big deal? 
The problem is it doesn't stop there. It never stops there. It always rolls into more. It always happens. Some people make it back. A lot of people don't. I know a lot of people. I mean, I can, uh, off the top of my head, at least six, seven people of my friends that I knew, that I sat next to, that I, that I knew their phone number, that I talked to, that are dead right now because they let that snowball keep going. By the grace of God, I'm here. I, don't, I think sometimes, man, I don't know how I'm here, and then I, but by the grace of God, I'm standing here because I could be right where they are. It almost happened. I woke up in ICU, and they told my mother I wasn't going to make it because I had overdosed on pills. But there are people right now that I know that are dead because they, they, the snowball, it just keeps going. So don't fool yourself to think that, man, my, uh-uh, I can handle this. No, I'm not like that. And it could be in every area. It doesn't have to be, it could be in pride. It, it could be, it could be in, in, in lying. I just tell a little lie. It's not, a, and it just, it starts to form into another being. Next thing you know, how the heck did this happen? Because it morphs, it grows. Because if you're feeding your flesh, it's going to dominate your spirit. It's going to tell your spirit, no, we're not reading the Bible. No, we're not going to do that. And your spirit will start to lead. I mean, your flesh will start to lead you. And that's a dangerous place to be. So, so that's why we fasted. The beginning of the year is a good time to recalibrate. Just because, you know, it's kind of new, fresh. You, know, you can do it anytime, really. Anytime you feel like you're being oppressed. Brother Hagin said, anytime you feel like you're being oppressed or you're feeling like the heaviness, it's a good time to fast. It's a good time to fast. So that's what we did this, this, this beginning of the year. We did 21 days. We broke at 6 o'clock. Um, I did, I did two, two, uh, Thursday at 6 o'clock. We ate. I didn't, I didn't break at Friday. I didn't eat all day Saturday, and we ate Saturday. Because uh, so they're starting to get easy. I wanted, to, I wanted to just push myself a little bit more. And I want to get to the point where I can do three days. Three days of just water. Um, if, as the Lord leads me, if that's, if that's what he wants me to do. Uh, but but uh, breaking at 6 o'clock is a strong fast. That's a good fast. I want to be proud of yourself, but, but, but be encouraged. That's good. Good for you guys. Good for you guys who, who broke at 6 o'clock. That's no easy thing. That's not just a, well, because uh, Daniel fasts a lot easier. This, this, this was a good thing. And you, you guys, man, uh, crucified your flesh. And right now, your, 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 your spirit, man, is stronger uh, probably than it's ever been for some of you. Uh, you know, where, where, man, I can say, man, I, I feel strong in the spirit. Now, don't let tomorrow come and you go make up for lost time. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I see you at the, the best Chinese buffet over here. <laughs> I didn't eat them. Like, no, whatever. Yeah. I'll take three 20-piece McNuggets. I'll take two large fries and a Diet Coke. <laughs> so don't make up for lost time. Keep this ball rolling. Keep going. Keep, I'm not saying with the fast. Obviously, we're breaking the fast. But you can continue that discipline that you've created of reading your word, of praying. Because my mind, I mean, I've already been tempted. Well, you don't have to read that much. You don't have to. You, you can go back to watching a lot of TV. You don't have to read as many books as you read. I mean, I finished three books and an audio book, four books during this 21 days. And, so, and I watched no TV uh, at night, no television show. We watched the news during the day for cooking. But at night, instead of watching TV, I was reading. I read old Robert's story, how God raised him up in the, in, in, in about his campaigns. Uh, just incredible. I read about the Halversons, who, who were incredible prayer ministry, Brother Hagen and, and Billy Brim, and just how, how God used them. Uh, I, I read um, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. About a Mus- I listened to that book about a Muslim who, who, who was seeking uh, Allah, who, who grew up Muslim, who, who really wanted to know about his faith. He met a Christian who challenged him, and it took four years, but he finally understood he finally understood. And they use apologetics. Apologetics is, is, is evidence. Evidence that, that Jesus really died. 
evidence, and aside from the Bible, I mean, we believe the Bible is true, but if you talk to a Muslim, they don't think it's true, so you got to use something else. So you, you, you use facts, scientific facts that Jesus really did live. Uh, is it probable that he really raised from the dead? You know, and so all of that they use uh, as an argument, and he, he converted, and it was an incredible story. Unfortunately, man, he, he died at 34 years old of stomach cancer. Uh, it's just, just a tragic, man. I, you know, I... And they didn't believe in healing, you know, they, don't, they didn't believe his, his stream of Christianity. He was born again, but you know, you can be born again and not believe in healing, and you can be born again and not pray in tongues, you know that, right? And so he didn't, do, he didn't believe in healing, and, and you know, when a disease comes on you, it ain't the God, it's the devil. The, the kid was impactful, and he was doing amazing things, and the devil attacked his body. And he, he you know, at the end, he, 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 I'm believing God for miracles. Sometimes he heals, sometimes he does it, and who knows what happens there, but it's a great book, and God used him mightily while he was here on earth, and he's continuing to use the guy's legacy. So just incredible. So I was able to do all that. In my mind, I'm thinking, man, uh, I don't need to do all of that. And I read another book, uh, The Rules of Ministry by Dag Hayward Mills, who's got an incredible church in Ghana, one of the most fruitful evangelists on planet Earth right now. Uh, it's like, all right, I can go back to just relaxing and kind of not going as hard. But man, why would I do that? Why would I allow my flesh to take over certain areas when I've worked so hard in a sense and, and I've dedicated time to, to, to building my spirit, man? Keep going. I'm encouraging you to keep going with your habits of reading the Word, of studying what you've been doing. A lot of you have been doing some amazing things during this time. A lot of, a lot of you, God has shown you some things and, and His Word has become alive you know, his light will spring forth, your health will spring forth speedily. Light will break forth like the morning sun. That means revelation. A lot of you have gotten some understanding like you haven't gotten before. So this is just... And next time you can go a little further, and next time you can go a little further, next thing you know, you're, you're, you're doing it all and, and then going even more. You know, you can't start out 40 days just water. You know that, right? You got to start out a day. You got to two days and three, and you build on that. Um, so great job, guys, getting out of your comfort zone, and, and, and I believe God will honor you for that, and you'll see the blessing in the hand of God like you haven't seen it before. I really believe that. Not, I mean, Sarah said it before. It's not just about these three weeks. You're sowing seed for your future. You're sowing seed for the rest of the year. During this time of prayer and fasting, you, you'll wake up in June, read the word, and get something like, oh, man, that could be tied to the fasting, the time you were seeking him, the time that you were putting away your, 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 your plate and saying, you know what, I'm going to focus on him. God will honor you uh, and, and kind of show you things when you need them, down the road even. So I believe that this was just not just for this three weeks. Amen? God will honor your future. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of natural benefits to to, to, to fasting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, praise God. Uh, so you know, during that time of prayer and fasting, we talked about how important it was to pray specific prayers. Not just during the time of prayer and fasting. Anytime you pray, it's important to pray specific prayers. You don't go to the restaurant and just say, give me food. No, you specifically say, hey, I'd like a roast beef, potatoes, and salad. And when they send it to you and it's wrong, you send it back. So you ask specific prayers when you're praying. You ask God specifically. And you'll see God answer because he's an answering God. We're not praying 
to Buddha, who's a statue, and not knowing. We pray to a living God who, who answers our prayers, who is listening to my friend in Africa and Joe here at Lancaster at the same time, and, 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 and everyone else who's praying. So he, he's a powerful God. Don't think you're bothering him because you're asking him for something specifically for you. I mean, I know Christians, so I don't want to bother God with that. You know, God delights, delights in hearing your prayers. He delights in hearing about uh, what, what, what you're doing, and he delights in, in, in your requests. He wants you to commune with him. He wants you to spend time with him. You're not bothering him. He knows the number on your head. He knows the, the, how many hairs you have on your head. He knows every detail about you. He's a detailed God. He's not just, oh, I made Lori forget about it. He knows everything about you, Lori. He knows everything about you, Lisa. He knows everything about us, everything. And so I encourage you to continue to pray specific prayers. We also talked about how spending time in prayer is important, you know, because prayer could be 30 seconds. No, you know, it could be simple. Prayer can be very simple, uh, and it can be very short. It does not have to go on for a long time. But there are times where it's important to spend time, extended time in prayer. We saw Jesus do it. He spent all night in prayer. You see in the Bible in Luke 6, 12 through 13, it says, After this, Jesus went up into the hills and to spend the whole night in prayer, the whole night in prayer to God. At daybreak, he called together all, all of his followers and selected 12 from among them, and he appointed them to be the apostles. So he took all night in prayer, and when he was finished, he received instructions on who the 12 apostles were to be. He knew that this was a serious decision, and he needed to get it right. And Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. And the only way that you're going to know what the father is doing and saying is by spending time with him. Come on. By spending time with him. So it's important to spend time with God. Extended times. Do I have to pray all night? Yeah, sometimes you probably, yeah, you should. If Jesus prayed all night, we should be praying all night sometime. I'm not saying every night you got to pray all night. And there are times that you need to pray all night. How I many you know it's worth praying all night to get your career field right? The, the career field that you're going to be working in most of your life, it's important to know where you're supposed to be. It's important to know what church you're supposed to be attending. And so maybe that might be a good time to pray all night, uh-huh, right? It's important decisions, things that you need to get right. I would venture to say praying all night will get you those answers. Jesus saw answers. Jesus saw results. Well, he was God. Well, he came in a bodily, in a man form. He came as a human being. He had to pray and do everything we have to do to get answers, to get understanding, to get wisdom. The Bible says he grew in understanding. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He didn't come and just have it. He had to spend time with God. He had to do things to grow just like we do. So we have to spend time. We have to take time. Come on. Whether it's coming to church, whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's praying, whether it's investing in, in, in conferences, there's some really good conferences you can go to, really good. Now, I'm not talking about living conference to conference. I'm talking about going to a conference and, and going in with the attitude, I'm going to be a doer of the word, and I'm going to apply this word, and I'm going to see fruit in my life. Come on, because some people live tape to tape, conference to conference, and they have all the tapes, they have all the books, they have all the, all the stuff. It does you no good unless you crack it open and in, in, ingest it and act upon it. Come on. You're wasting your money if you're going to go see Pastor Rodney and do none of it. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your gas money if you're going to go see Joyce and do none of it. Might as well stay home. Come on. Right? So make a decision to be a doer of the word. So we saw spending, in time, spending time in prayer was important. Um, uh, we saw in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.17 says, Always keep on praying, the Bible says. 
uh, and, 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 you know, cease not, right? Pray and see. What was it? Was it like, I don't know why. You, you, you told me last time. Um, pray without ceasing. Yep, there we go. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Because, you know, we have to eat. So what does it mean, pray without ceasing? I have to go to work. So am I supposed to be praying and not going to work? Am I supposed to be staying up every night and praying and not going to sleep? No, that means a lifestyle of prayer, developing a lifestyle of prayer, being quick to pray, being quick to go to the Father, developing that in your life as, as a person who prays, who goes directly to the Father. Instead of calling Susie, Mary, and Joanne about the issues, you go to the Father. And if the Father says, okay, hey, talk to this person, fine, but your first call should be to the Father. The first place you go should be to your prayer closet. Come on. Developing a lifestyle of prayer. There are many different types of prayers. We, we, you know, I'd like to get into that. And uh, I believe Wednesday, uh, Pastor Marlene will be showing some teaching on the different kind of prayers. Because there are different rules and regulations to prayer, believe it or not. You, know, you can't pray one way for everything. There are different types of prayers. So uh, the Bible in Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. How many of you know that we have opportunity to take anxiety upon us, right, every day, to, to allow ourselves to, to fret, or, 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 you know, every day, every day, you're going to have that opportunity. But here's what the Bible says. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God. So instead of allowing ourselves to take on anxiety and to fret and to complain, it's good to develop a habit of going to the Father with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. That's why you hear when I pray and a lot, of other, a lot of other people pray, they'll pray and they'll say, thank you, Father. Or they'll thank him to begin with. Thank you, Father, that you, you are more than enough. Thank you. Because we're coming to him in thanksgiving. We're giving him thanks. Very important to be thankful. Very important. Very important. It's one of the things that, you know, in my house is very important. Alisa, please and thank you and you're welcome. Because that develops a heart of thankfulness. I go in to see somebody's house. Thank you so much for letting me see this house. Thank you for allowing me to come. Thank you for your time. I want them to know that I'm thankful for, for their time. For anybody who meets with me, I'm lavishing on the thankfulness. I mean, I, I, more, than, more than what is needed because I want them to know that I'm thankful. Because when you have a thankful heart, when you have a thankful heart, that, 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 that'll take care of offense a lot of times. That'll take care of bickering when you're just thankful for the person. And you can find reasons to be thankful. I'm so thankful that you pray for me. I'm so thankful that you, you, you do this and do that. You just start to develop that habit of being thankful with people. Now, God is very important. When you're praying, be thankful to the Father. Amen? So it's important to be thankful. Um, and, you know, in prayer, I'm just going to throw this nugget in there. F.F. Bosworth had a great, a great quote. How many know who F.F. Bosworth is? Christ the healer, right? Yep. Uh, just phenomenal book. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith for something if you don't know what you're having faith in. You can't, you, you can't just blindly have faith for something. You have to know it's the will of God in order to attach your faith to it, in order to get results. Come on. You have to know what the will of God is. That's why it's important to read your word. And when you pray according to the word, you get the results the word talks about. So you can't go wrong by praying the word. Never. You can never go wrong by praying the word. Praying what the word says. If you stay on the word, you're guaranteed to get results. Guaranteed to get results when you pray the word. Come on. So it's, it's important to get in the word. 
It's important to get in the Word. Now, I've said this before. It's great to know Scripture. It's great to quote Scripture, but it's important to get in the Word and find the Scripture, even if you know it. You know, I'm going to put my eyes on it, and I'm going to ingest it from the Word. It's important. And saying it out loud is good, too. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. That's why a lot of times we put together confessions, and a lot of times it's different scriptures in a confession form, so that we're ingesting the word of God out of our mouths, in our ears, into our spirit, out of our mouths, in our ears, into our spirit, and that's building our spirit, man, and allowing us to lay hold of the promises of God. Faith is important. Faith is crucial. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I don't know how much more important you can get. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if that's the case, I need to find out how the heck I need to, how am I going to get faith? Because my goodness. Now, if you're born again, you've been given the measure of faith. You got all the faith you're going to get. Just like I have a bicep, you have a bicep. We all have biceps, right? Now, we can grow our faith by feeding on the word, by listening, by all of that, right? And, and, and it's imp- that's, the, that's what you have to do. You, Lord, give me faith. Well, you've got faith. You have to develop your faith. You have to grow your faith. You've already been given faith. Amen. And not only that, you've been given the God kind of faith. And I don't know about you, but I, it's amazing. And I look at Genesis when, he, when he's, he gave the word. He said, light be. Boom. And everything just became, you know, everything was lit up by his word. Faith in his word created light, created this world. This world was formed by words. His words came out of his mouth. He believed the words. And boom, faith in his words created this earth. The God kind of faith is inside of you. It's very important to know that. So it's very important to get in the Word and build that faith. Amen? Amen. Yep. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You have to have confidence that he hears you. And if we know that he hears us, and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked for. So it's important to have confidence that he hears us. That's why my, when I pray, I say, Lord, I know you hear me. I know you are a real God. I believe you are answering my prayers. I believe that you're listening right now and making a way for me as I pray and petition you. You're working on my behalf. I thank you, Father, that you love me and you have a plan and a purpose for my life. And I just start to encourage myself. And the Bible says put him in remembrance of his word. Not because he's, he's, he, he, he doesn't remember. Not because he's a dope. It's because it helps you. It helps you petitioning the word, bringing it before him. It says, put me in remembrance of my word, the, the Bible says. So it's important to repeat the word back to God. You're not, you know, you're not sounding redundant or, or, or making God feel like an idiot. He told us to do so. He told us to do so. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, but without faith, we already talked about that, it's impossible to please him. And the second part of that says, for he who comes to the Father must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we have to believe that he's a rewarder, a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So I just want to do a little recap. That was a little recap. Don't have much time. I'm probably going to get into a little bit, but I thought it was important to recap some of the things we talked about during this time of prayer and fasting. Repetition is important. Repetition is important because, uh, uh, you know, you, I, I went back and listened to myself last three weeks. And I said that. Huh? I, I, I'm getting things out of something that I, I, the Lord gave me that I, you know, so I know you will if you go back and listen to it. And that's kind of what we're doing here a little bit, but all three uh, messages, the last three messages before today that I ministered, all available. They're all available on SoundCloud. Every single one of them, all three of them are up there. I encourage you to go back and listen to them again. 
Very easy to access. You, it's on your phone. I sent the link. If you need help with that, I'll be happy to help you with that. I've also created two YouTube videos just to kind of reinforce just a little bit, four to five minute videos um, that, that I created to help you. So I encourage, please go on YouTube and watch the videos. Subscribe. Subscribe. So you'll, you'll get notified when new videos come out. Very important. I'm not doing this because I have nothing else to do. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. So I'm going to continue to do that. This week I'll put out another video to reinforce to reinforce. And sooner or later, we'll be able to put this up live. And sooner or later, we'll be able to put the YouTube, uh, the, the video of this sermon up on YouTube so you can see the video. But right now, it's audio, and I'm doing small video clips. Because content is important. During the week, you need to be able to rely on good, good, good word that you can go to and reinforce yourself. If, you, if something ministered to you in this message, you can go back and listen to it again. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. So that's available. That's available. There's so much technology out there. Man, I don't know if you've been watching. Oh, I don't want, uh, I'm going to tell you. Pastor Rodney. I want to get to this, but I feel like Pastor Rodney. Um, how many of you been watching his camp meeting? Did you see the technology? Debbie and I were talking about the, the technology where, he, where he, he's got a hologram of himself. You know how he's doing the 300 cities going all around the world, lighting fires at every church, believing God for 100 people to, to catch the fire and to go out and win souls? He's like, man, there's a lot of cities. He's going to continue to do that, but now he can exponentially go beyond that because he could be in 10 cities at once. There's a holog- he could be doing the message like this, and a live image of himself, it's a hologram, can go into nations where he can't go. He goes, it's kind of hard to arrest the hologram so they can come in and shut the meeting down. Where's Rodney? Go to grab him, and it, he disappears. <laughs> so he's got this technology. There's so many things that are coming down the pipeline. And why should the heathen lay hold of that? All these are tools for the gospel of the kingdom of Christ to get the word out, everything, airplanes, uh, uh, cars, anything that was ever invented that's of good use is for the kingdom. I believe that. Lay hold of that. Well, no, then why, you don't need that in church. It's just bait. All it is is bait to get people into the church, bait to get people to the crusade. We're fishermen of men. Hello? What do fishermen use? Bait. So we need to be putting bait out there. We need to be putting bait out there to get people in. So, man, I have no problem, no problem throwing a raffle, giving away a free TV. Well, you're getting me on free TV. Yep, you're damn skippy. And I'm going to preach the gospel to them while they're sitting there waiting for their television to show up. Right? Come on. So you know, all these, these amazing things. So he's got, he, he did an interview because he likes to call himself uh, Evangelist Rodney when he does the meetings and then Pastor Rodney on Sunday. So he had, uh, he had Pastor Rodney I- I interview Evangelist Rodney. So he was asking questions, and then his hologram would answer. It was a pre-recorded thing that he did. So it, it was just hysterical. You should go back and watch it. It'll build your faith. I don't know about you, but that enlarges my capacity. That enlarges my faith. When I go into a home, a beautiful home, or I go into a beautiful church or a beautiful ministry, I say, my God. I look around and say, man, this is beautiful. It just enlarges my capacity of how good our God is and how wonderful he is. And he'll do the same for me. He'll do the same for you. If he did it for this guy, he'll do it for me. I go to Colombia, Pastor the Ramix man came there. He's from America. His wife's from Guatemala. They go to a country where, you know, at that time when they came in, there was guerrilla warfare, just a dangerous country when they came in. Built this place from scratch, massive building with, with dormitories and, and, and cafeterias and, 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 and a school and a, just amazing what the God has done. And he's nothing, you know, he's a great guy but you wouldn't pick him at the one. God just uses people where, 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 you know, you know it was God. You know it was God. It enlarges my capacity to see that. It's just, to me, man, my goodness, if he did that in Colombia, he, he could do that in Lancaster. Come on. He'd do that in Lancaster. 
He'll do that right here. For the people, are we second-rate people? Uh, what? No, he cares for us. He wants us to have a nice place, a big place, a, a, a place that, 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 that runs, that does well. You know what I mean? Come on. Comfortable. Come on. So he'll do that right here in Lancaster, and I believe that. That's why it's important to build your faith. I just want to give you two things to, to, for this week. Stay positive and resist doubt. It's going to be absolutely crucial for you to continue to live in success. Spiritual success depends on resisting doubt. James 1, 6 through 8 says, but if, he must ask in, but if he must ask in faith without any doubting, but he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, I wanted to tell you that. I wanted to share that scripture with you. It's important to resist doubt. But doubt will come to your mind almost daily. I mean, you, you know, you believe in God for something. If you've been healed and you're dealing with something, the devil will tell you, ain't going to work this time. It's not going to happen this time. Last time was this, this, and this. But this time, you're dead. You, that's in your head. You have the ability to cast that down or you have the ability to speak on that or to continue to meditate on that and let it get in your spirit. You, he, here, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. So thoughts are going to come. You just don't let them stick. Don't let them stay with you. If faith will work with doubt in your head. You just can't let that doubt get into your spirit. So I want to encourage you, don't feel like you're a doubter. Don't feel like you're, 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 you know, you're doubting because you have thoughts that are coming to you, uh, that, that are telling you this and that. And don't let it get into your spirit. Keep your spirit, man, full of faith. And how do you know when you're, you're, in, you're, in, fit, you're, you're in doubt is when you start really start to speak these things. That's how you know. That's how you know it's in your spirit, when you start to let it out of your mouth. It comes to me, mm -mm, not saying nothing. I'm speaking the word. Now, you need to speak to that thought to get that thought to go. Right? You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with words, and especially the word of God. And you, you'll keep that from getting into your spirit. And this here, Matthew 3, 11 through 12, this is number two. Prayer keeps the fire burning. A lot of us are on fire right now. A lot of us feel stirred up, feel hungry, feel strong. We want to keep that fire burning. And Matthew 3, 11 through 12, talking a little fast, want to get through this. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. A lot of us right now are feeling, you know, full of fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear the threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn. Wheat is profitable. Wheat is profitable. So right here he's saying wheat. I'm going to gather it into the barn because it's profitable. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So during this time of prayer and fasting, we've been praying. Prayer fans the fire. Prayer fans the fire. As you continue to pray, it'll fan the fire, which will keep what is valuable, meaning the wheat, and it will thresh. It will thresh or move aside the chaff, which is invaluable. So as you pray, that fire will start to burn things out of you will start to burn things out of you because you're fanning the fire. It'll start to burn bad habits out of your life because your spirit man is getting stronger as you pray. Your fire is getting stoked, and it'll start to just take care of things in your life that have been bothering you. How many of things, this kind of things are lingering? When the fire of God shows up and you're praying and fanning that fire, that fire starts to burn everything up that shouldn't be there. Come on. That's why it's important to continue to pray and, and, and continue to seek his face. 
because that will allow the fire to continue to build. Amen? Did you get something out of that this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. I encourage you to stand strong. Stand strong and, and continue with what you've been doing. Because I believe God has some amazing things for us this year. I really do believe that. And this year is going to be a year like none other for this church. We're going places, we're doing things, and we need the body strong. We need the foundation strong. And this is the foundation right here. This is the foundation right here. So we need to be strong, marching, pulling in the same direction. My God, if I tell you to come take this off of this uh, stand, it might be hard for you, Liz. But if, if all three of us get in there and take it off, it'll be very easy. So we need all of us pulling and and, and strong so that many hands make light work, right? So we need to be spiritually fit for the master's use. That's what we're doing here. That's why we started the year off like that, and we're going to be continuing to build upon that. We're not going to draw back. We're not of them that draw back. Amen? Amen. We're believing God for a building and a place for us to meet, a, a nice place. Continue to lean in and, 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 and do that. Stand up on your feet. We're going to declare, and we're going to call forth the building. Father, right now, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. If you would stand to your feet. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your faithfulness. We believe you. I want you to repeat after me. 